sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. But if there's no Danny Dimes, Kev, and they see Seattle, who gives up yards aplenty, right? You could do worse, potentially, than Devontae Freeman. The Sports Grid Network. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the early line, putting the fun and functional sports content. Dane and Kevin looking at everything we saw in week 13. And, you know, Kev, we've grouped these, like, AFC wildcard contender teams together. Remember, we explored their schedules. We looked at their odds kind of as a chunk because now, I got to tell you the truth, I am even more buoyed by the fact that the Cleveland Browns will be one of the three wildcard teams, right? So we got to look at some of these mm-hmm. other teams kind of competing for – two spots and the Ravens will have something to say about it as well come Tuesday. But let's start to look at some of those teams because Kev, they all found ways to win (laughs) yesterday in different ways. Let's talk about these Indianapolis Colts, the Indianapolis Colts in a division matchup against Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. They get it done. Let me ask you about these Colts in our number one. You were talking about Cam Akers, and you were like, oh, this rookie running back got hurt, but now the time is there, and he is ascending. Can I not say the same thing about the guy that you thought was done in Jonathan Taylor after his 13 carries and 91 yards, helping what I'm going to go out on a limb here, maybe start to become, Kev, a not an elite fantasy herd, but a low-level herd. I mean, T.Y. Hilton had a great game. We've been extolling the virtues of Michael Pittman recently. There are games when tight ends lead the way. Now Taylor's in the mix. We know Naheem Hines is a viable piece on any given week that can do it. Talk to me about these Indianapolis Colts, and are they kind of equipped for the multiple styles they may see now that winter is coming? Talk to me about these Colts. Winter's coming. You better leave it. Tuesday's almost here. Uh, listen, that's that's for another time, though. At the end of the day, good for Jonathan Taylor. He's what is the it out. impact of all of yeah, these guys? I mean, doing guy. their thing. When I listen, we're a second away from me not talking about football for the rest of this hour. But with what we, if we handle what's in front of us, can you believe this game went under? Can we just mention that quickly? Forty-four points in the first half. Total fifty-one. Yeah, that's miserable. Yeah. Like, if you had to total in this game, my heart breaks for you. You don't deserve that. That That's just not right. Credit to Jonathan Taylor. Played some good football here. Phillip Rivers and his Colts team played all right. But, Dane, they were a Deshaun Watson fumble on the four away they from were. They losing were. this football game. And Watson out there, you know, playing some, and still playing some really, really nice football. Yeah. I, Maybe I we said this Colts was going to come down as, like, how amazing was Deshaun Watson? He was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But then Jazz didn't cross the horizon for super, super, super amazing. Yeah, 100%. I I just look at this right now, and and I'm thinking this Indianapolis Colts team has to play the Raiders in Vegas, and then they got to host this Texans team. Could be 2-0, could be 0-2, and it's going to make a big difference right now because the Titans just lost. Like, this AFC South title, it just keeps 
putting it up in the air. Sure it's up does. for grabs the whole way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a good point. You know, you have to, when you talk about the Colts, we got to talk about the Titans. The Titans lost that game. The Colts came back. Now they are both eight and four. We've looked at their schedules. I got to tell you also, remember, they're doing this banged up on the offensive line, right? And they're doing this, though, with uh, DeForest Buckner. He came back for the Colts, stifled a little bit of the uh, Texans' run game. Like, the Colts, to me, like, position the Colts for me here as we welcome our radio audience. They're a team that no one is going to get excited about, Kev. No one's going to get excited about this team. But can't they kind of hang in any game against any team? Don't they even have some of the characteristics that could even threaten a Pittsburgh or a Kansas City? I know it's not sexy. I know we're not happy about it. But, like, they're the kind of team that can just keep on rolling. Again, like I wish sometimes I, I wish the tier two, part tier of three conversation. Yeah, you know, like I I think that they could certainly hang with a Pittsburgh, but some in a ways that's a little bit more about Pittsburgh. I told you this, but I thought the Colts coming out and they, they are a little bit more offensive forward. They throw the football a little bit more. They they kind of you know unleashed Phillip Rivers, right? They they took the restrictions off of him and, and they're letting him throw the ball more. What a game for T. Y. Hilton. Pittman's a part of this puzzle as well. So I think the Colts. The Colts can go out there and the Colts can compete. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, quietly, though, at some point we're going to enter this offseason and the team on the other side of the field is going to be a really big story because Deshaun Watson is on his way to becoming Mike Trout, which in some ways is incredible. Sure. But in other ways, is a disaster. And if you obviously know what's going on with Trout and the fact that that team just cannot get into the playoffs despite having a lot on the Rangers and, and Mariners, yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be tough. You're right, and we'll see. But there will be a new head coach. There will be a new GM. And it's not like they it's not like they lack the cornerstone piece that they will need, right? It can hmm. be done. There's a lot of teams. I'd say like 30 or 29 teams that would love to have the Houston Texans quarterback situation. We look at some of these other AFC wildcard contenders. When we come back right here, it's our number two of the early line. Looking back at week 13. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh taking a look back at what happened in week 13. Everybody who watches the show knows that I am a Jets fan, and I honestly could not define or articulate what my emotions were in the last five minutes of that game. I could not honestly tell you what I wanted to happen, what I I felt torn, authentically cheering for things, right? But the Jets had a lead late into the fourth quarter. The Jets made a stop that we knew they needed to make. They almost were able to run out the clock. And then, Kev, boom, goes the dynamite because Derek Carr, with absolutely no time left, almost like drops a one-winged angel onto Henry Ruggs, and with no time left, the Las Vegas Raiders get a win. And with no time left, the New York Jets lose again. And Kev, I got to tell you, you didn't react to my two references the way I wanted you to, but that's okay. The Jets are still winless on the season. 
My apologies, but I had to pull up something, and and I missed the references, and I'm sure they were glorious. But I, this is a, a very very. I said the note. Jets were up big, about to get their first win, and then boom went the dynamite because Derek Carr dropped the one wing angel to Henry Ruggs oh with gosh. no time left. What a moment! Listen, folks, you see it right above that, right above the head. He's right there. It's the AEW champion. Let's have a little bit of respect. Access TV, figure it out. Now, what I needed to pull up though was the ESPN stats and info uh, of what happened on that final play. Okay, and I'm just going to read this verbatim. No reason to put my own sauce on it. It says a Jets decision unheard of. The Jets set the house seven pass rushers on the Raiders' game-winning touchdown. A Hail Mary-type situation where only a touchdown hurts them. It's an unheard-of play call in our data set, which goes back to 2006. They are the only team in our data set since 2006 to send six or more pass rushers that meet all three qualifiers for score, lead, and distance to go, being the final 10 seconds of regulation, a lead between four and eight points, and there being 40 or more yards to the end zone. Entering that spot, there had been 251 pass plays run in that situation since 2006. Nobody has ever blitzed. And not only, that was a six or more pass rushers. They sent seven guys a full all-out blitz where all that can happen is you can't let the guy get in the end zone. In that moment, what's going through the player's mind? What's going through Greg Williams' mind? What's going through Adam Gase's mind? And the best What's going through Trevor Lawrence's mind? <laughs> what's going through anyone's mind? But the best of it all, Dane, is something that you pointed out this morning as we were talking during the pre-show. This literally happened the play before. Nelson Aguilar oh, yeah. just couldn't oh, bring the football yeah. in. Literally, the play <laughs> yeah. before, Derek Carr threw the game-winning touchdown. Except it just wasn't called the in. Play. And the Jets said, the play run it back. It's ridiculous. I'm watching the game, Kevin. I'm like, oh, my God. And then they did the same. Well, you know, down the middle versus down the sidelines, whatever. But I I, I don't understand. If you ever are talking about a team doesn't want to tank or a team's not trying to lose, maybe remember how we always say also, Kev, players aren't trying to, but coaches and front offices are sometimes. I don't know. I don't know, man, but it's wild. No, seriously. Why? This is the thing. Like you, you don't want to belabor the point. I know we got a lot of games to get to. To, to yeah. we want to preview the, the yeah, Monday yeah, yeah. night game. Sometimes yeah, yeah. this is why you know we could use about six more hours for this show on a Monday. But we just had a moment, right? Because tanking is a great debate in sports, right? Who tanks? Organizations, coaches, players, right? Does anybody ever actually tank, or is the roster just bad? Like that is a play call that can only be justified through the eyes of well, we want to lose this game. We wanted to give up the touchdown. We wanted to have the opportunity to lose. But but legitimately, right? How Greg Williams took matters into his own hands? I don't know. You're telling me that Greg Williams got a phone call from the organization? Adam Gase? I don't know. No, but but do you know what? No, no, I know you don't know. None of us know. Because it's something so unexplained. When the Jets lose, right? And we go, yeah, look, the play calling, it's because the Jets are a disaster. The, uh, we saw a literal play call that was only going to result in what happened, right? It's so hard to understand how that happens without going, yeah, but they were tanking. And I think that's – but who made that decision? Greg Williams through the season? Is Greg – Greg Williams will never coach again in this league. 
from that. Like, at least I would think, right? I mean, how could he ever get a job again after a play call like that? I just, that, like, that play will be remembered as what a Jets gaffe or save the Raiders season, all of it, all of it, all of it. But that is a moment that needs to be analyzed greatly because we might have legitimately saw real-world tanking, or Greg Williams is just an absolute A-plus buffoon who doesn't understand football. I'll leave the door open for that option as well. I don't know what we saw there. Um, I was watching it with bated breath, and I'm almost You didn't even know you were cheering outcome. I'm yeah, almost okay yeah, with right. the outcome. It's not right. We should it's mention, right. though, Darren Waller right. helped teams get into their fantasy playoffs like crazy oh, with 13 gosh. catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns on a week where, like, Travis Kelsey wasn't on the main slate for DFS on a week where, you know, there is no Mark Andrews, there is no uh, George Kittle left. Oh, man, did Waller say, don't forget about me as an elite tight end, literally 200 yards and two touchdowns. The Las Vegas Raiders, you need the result though, right, Kev, in order to stay in the mix in the AFC wildcard matchup. And guess what, Kev? The Miami Dolphins also got a result, albeit an ugly one, in my opinion, at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. 19-17 to is the win in that one. I got to tell you, Tua, a touchdown, no turnovers. He continues to be clean, and that defense continues to overperform. Six sacks for the defense. They allow less than 200 yards of offense to the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe it helped that their one of their best receivers, Tyler Boyd, was ejected in the first half of this one. But, you know, we have said when Tua was starting, right, defensive touchdowns, punt returns for touchdowns, and you and I have both said we don't know if this is a formula that you can hang your hat on Tua just being clean and game managing and the defense doing what they need to do kev the defense was like second league in points per game going into this one they only gave up seven that helps the averages as well can the dolphins continue to do it this way with Tua on the center well the, the answer is no, because the schedule is going to finally change. We're not playing Brandon Allen anymore. Uh, at the end of the day, though, credit. This is what you're supposed to do against an offense like that. The only touchdown points they gave up was a broken play from Tyler Boyd. Great play from right. Boyd. And as much as yeah. Boyd got thrown out, so did Xavier Howard, who had a pick in this game and has been playing. Is He might legitimately be a DPOI candidate that we're not talking about enough. Leading the NFL in picks while being a shutdown corner. That's Sherman. That's Revis. Like, those are the... Guy, when you're shut, you know this, Dane. When you're a shutdown corner, you typically can't lead the league in picks. They're not going to throw the ball your way enough. So Xavier Howard's having an incredible season. As far as the Dolphins go, you got the result that you needed. Tua was good enough. Brian Flores, similar approach to Reed last night on Sunday Night Football. I'm just going to take my points. You won't score enough because you're not good enough. And he was right. And he was right. Took the three, and they moved on and moved forward. The question, Dane, that I think you're going to have to help people answer, and a lot of people in the fantasy community, is what to do with Miles Gaskin. Because next week they're going to play the Kansas City Chiefs. So the expectation is going to be this poor game script and how much are you going to trust him in the passing game. He had the two catches for 51 yards. He had 21 carries for 90 yards. He had, Dane, he had the Clyde Edwards-Alaire game. He had like six or seven goal line carries. None of them resulting in touchdowns. He had all of the opportunity in the world. Gaskin, I think, is going to be one of those tilt players as we approach our fantasy playoffs. I think that's fair. Uh, But I think, you know, 
I'm comfortable with Gaskin, completely comfortable with Gaskin, right? In the, in whatever the matchup is, remember September, we were slow to believe that Gaskin was almost like a quasi workhorse, right? And mm -hmm. in the fantasy playoffs, I'm not going to get too cute. I'm going to believe that they're going to ride Gaskin regardless of the game script, whether he's catching the ball, whether he's running the ball. I don't believe in Ahmed. I don't believe in Washington. I don't believe in Breida. But question is with the Dolphins continue to get results when we sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com hey welcome back in everybody right here to the early line giving you the edge on the grid big shout out to all of our affiliates who have gotten on the grid bright and early on a monday morning as week 13 continues on there's three games left in week 13 we will talk about some of those in a hot second but we have more games to look at and one is the new england patriots who now what have they won three of their last four i believe right last second field goals against arizona against the uh new york jets and now this one where they win four 45 to nothing, right? Looks dynamic, Kev. Looks explosive, Kev. Until you look and you see they got a punt return for a touchdown. They blocked a field goal for a touchdown. They returned another punt, I think, like almost inside the red zone, okay? Leaving short fields. Um, and Cam Newton, if you look at this, Kev, and we've been joking about it because anybody who knows this show knows that Kev has been, you know, already celebrating a Cam Newton season no, over. I've been celebrating. Or Fine, we're sweating. We've been monitoring a season-long yes, yes, prop, yes, 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 right? Yes. And Kev, in the last two weeks, the Patriots are 2-0, and and Cam hasn't gotten over, like, 80 yards in either yes. one of them. But if you had Gunnar Olszewski in your DFS lineup, which apparently some people did, it was enough. And here's the other thing I'll say. Bill Belichick was able to make this Chargers offense and Justin Herbert look like a rookie Keenan Allen, five for 48. That's not his usual line in this season. Austin Eckler runs for only 36 yards. The Chargers offense, which is third in the league, averaging almost 400 yards a game, got only 258 yards in this one. But, Kev, in the same way that we ask if the Dolphins are sustainable under Tua, um, and with this defense and with those special teams is what you're seeing out of the Patriots sustainable cam is not throwing for like 75 yards, man. Yeah. But the thing is those two touch, like those plays would happen for the dolphins and be the difference if they would win the game or not. Scores 45, nothing. Okay. So take the two against defenses. Arizona and the jets. One play does make the difference. Kev. No, 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 but, they, but, but this is not what, how the, the Patriots have been winning games. They've not been winning okay. games by returning punt touchdowns. They don't okay. have any, this is the first time that they've had a punt touchdown or a defensive touchdown in any of those football games. This is not how they, they're, Dane, come on. It is what it is, right? The, the Patriots is, are, are what I said they were since they lost that game. Are these Patriots, is this sustainable, Kev? What, what is what's sustainable? Is what sustainable? Winning with throwing they, your quarterback throwing for under eighty yards, but yeah, but they, but that's the thing, Dan, is they they've done it in, in multiple ways. You know, they because they they they'll attack through the ground if they need to. They can go through the air. They are Dan. It's basically like if if Navy had to play an NFL game, 
They just run the football. They, they, they ran the football 43 times as a team. I, I mean, they just right. run the football. And this is what they 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 won three of their last four. I, yeah. I mean, you tell me, Dane. What's your patron? My takes not, hasn't changed since they lost that game in Buffalo. Neither has and mine. If we, how? You I, Dane, I, you, in that moment, you said they were dead and buried and we should never talk about them again and they're a bad football team. I, I can't I imagine that is still the take. How is it that takes still a last, Because it took a last-second field goal to beat the winless Jets. Because it took a last-second field goal and questionable penalties with Cam Newton to beat the compromised Cardinals. Because they are getting things like field goal blocks and punt returns. And because Cam is not... nothing. Okay, fine. That's wow. why my question wow. for you, Kev, was, is this sustainable? Yeah, I mean, th- there's nothing... Ab- like. The results are the results. The Raiders got a result. The Dolphins got the results. The results are the results, right? But we're applying context to the Raiders. We're applying context to the Dolphins. Okay. What is the context? What is the context, in your opinion, for the Patriots, Kev? I mean, they are so the game against the Jets, right? I, and I said this when it happened. I said the Jets came out there and played a different style of football they have not played all year long. I don't think the Pats defense is as bad as everybody thinks coming off of that football game, right? Then they held the Baltimore Ravens to 16 points. It was a great result. They ran the football a bunch, like Cam Newton does, and they got a big win in a game as they were home dogs by about a touchdown. That was a great result for that team. Then they went into Houston. We both said Deshaun Watson can go out there and win that football game. It's Deshaun Watson. Of course he can. And he did. And then they played the Cardinals. The score was 10-0 Arizona, right? It wasn't compromised Kyler in that moment. And then they battled all the way back, and they and they, and they they win that football game. And okay. they cannot, like, they were, Dana, it was a field goal spread. They have to be allowed to win a game by a field goal against the Arizona Cardinals. They get the job okay. done there. And then okay. they just obliterated the Chargers. Justin Herbert has played like a bad football game in his NFL career. Like, let's who punt return, don't care. Defend like blocked field goal, whatever. Okay. The Cam Newton scored a rushing touchdown in the first quarter of this game. And that was all yeah. they needed because Justin Herbert went 26 of 53 for 209 sure. yards and two picks and no yeah. touchdown. They absolutely did. So where do you okay? So where do you position these Patriots? They are a tier three team. Tier one, of course, is the Chiefs by themselves. They are. How many teams do you have right ahead there? of the Patriots in the AFC? Go ahead. Let's let's talk about this. The Steelers. Tier, tier three is literally everybody that is not the Steelers and sure. the Chiefs. Fine. Uh, would you like the Browns over the Patriots? I I think it'd probably depend who is home. I think it's a field goal. Would you spread. like the Colts over the Patriots? Same exact feeling. Okay. Same thing like with the, the Titans. Dolphins same thing the with the Bills. I think what they're better the, than the Dolphins. You think I think, I think the they've Dolphins? already proven that, that, that and they've proven that they're better than the Raiders. They beat that Raiders. They're better team than up. the Raiders. I believe so. Okay, so you have them. It sounds like I'm trying to find out. One of um, the and what eight about best Baltimore? teams. And what about Baltimore? Yeah, Baltimore's been tough. I think, again, but they beat Baltimore. I think they're on the same line as Baltimore. That that group to me is it's Tennessee, Buffalo, Cleveland, New England, the Colts, and Baltimore. I have the Raiders and the Dolphins down a shed. So and you I, have I feel the Patriots as that. a better team than the Raiders and the Dolphins at this moment. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and so talk to me about, go ahead, the sustainability of the Patriots. Wait, how I mean, is this look, going I, to continue to happen in December? If you are, it sounds like you uh, feel 
you know, buoyed or vindicated or whatever. Like this is yeah. going according to what you think. What's going to happen yeah. the last month for the Patriots then? Well, I think at the end of the day, this team could win out and still miss the playoffs. It's just been the nature of the AFC this year. We've been saying that for a okay. long time. They have okay. undeniably their toughest game on their schedule coming up, playing a Thursday night football in L.A. against the Rams. If okay. they lose so that Rams. game, it would be, it would be far from ahead, surprising. But then they're going to they're gonna play at Miami, Miami, home versus Buffalo, and home versus Buffalo the Jets. And the Jets. Okay. How many more do you think they're getting, Kev? I mean, right now, I, I, I like them in three of those games. But you tell me, Dane. I mean, at the end of the day, they've already won more games than you thought after the Buffalo game. So I'll give you a chance no, to reassess them again. going. No, no, no. I said I think no, they're going no, no, to go no, no, six no. and ten or seven and nine. That is what. Rewind the tape. You did not say seven and nine. I, of course I'll rewind the tape, Dane. At, Dane, at the time, they had two wins. You thought that they were going to win five more games and you were low on the team. You did not say they were going to win seven games. You said they were going to win four or five games. Kev. Dane, how, Dane, what are they going to go in the Final Four? Dane, what are they going to go in the Final Four? I don't think they beat the Rams. I don't okay. think they beat the Jets. I mean, I don't think they beat the Bills, right? Okay. And the Dolphins and the Jets were in these division matchups. They they beat the Jets on a last-second field goal in New York. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know that they're going to beat the Jets the last game okay. of the season. I don't know that they're going to beat the Dolphins. Like, I, 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 I'll give them... One or two, <laughs> and that's fine. Point. But Dane, they'd still get to eight and eight. Dane, at the time of our massive big blowout debate, they were two and five, and you said they were going to get to four or five wins. There is no world, right, where you and I debated that much, and you were like, "Yeah, I could see him winning five more football games." That's preposterous. Kev, Kev, seven and nine gives you nowhere near the playoffs. Dane. That was a that would be a winning record for a team that you said we were no longer able to talk about because they were so bad. You think that that's what you said in that moment? You think I, you think that we would have been Kev, having that vigorous of a debate if you thought Kev, that that team really, was going to play above five hundred football? Kev, do you really think this team is going to make the playoffs? Kev, really? No, no, okay. and that but that's not the conversation really that think, we had. Okay, do you really think this team is like good? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, that is where we disagree. I do not. I still don't think they're good. You think and they're evidently, good. Evidently, there's nothing they can do for you to think that. And that's been Kev. proven true over the course of this run. Kev. Dane, there's Dane, they won 45 nothing, nothing and you're like, what a things. fluke. They had they had a punt return touchdown. They won 45 nothing. I am saying that is part of the context. You want to you want to add context. It was 45 nothing. Who cares they that they were trying to punt? Well, when they lost the game, you wanted to talk about Cam Newton throwing for 300-something yards. Yeah, because like, you said, wow, look, they couldn't run the football. They, like, I, I, Dane, I... So I'm is it the results you, or how they look in it? Which one is it? Let's, yes, let's it, just figure no, out. It which, is which, how they look about? in it, Dane. Because wait a Dane, second, they wait a second. Yesterday? Because with the Raiders, it was like the result is the result. With the Dolphins, it was like the result is the result. So which one is it? No, I, we've been doing context all year. That's not changed. Dane, so then it was why 45. is the fact that the man hasn't thrown for 75 yards not a valid part of the context? Why? Because the they're still winning. Why is the fact? Because wait, that's wait. how they play. Because that's how they play. Dane, it is a part of the context, Dane. That's how they okay. win. This is how they're built. Of course, it's, it's a part of the context. part of the context for them to get, like, pass, you know, unnecessary roughness calls to sustain drives to get get last-second field goals. 
That's also I mean, they were, they part were of the context. That's and it was a fresh set of downs. The he context. ran for the first They have down. won 100%. this game. They have gotten their result. But I, I, I think it is a far bridge to cross that they look, look are looking good doing it. Like, I can't, you can't advocate for that, Kev. Yeah, you actually got it. I mean, they're 4-1 since we had that conversation. Right, but it's the result. Again, you slide back into the result. No, the context is all right there. Your hearts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh breaking down Week 13, everything we saw, and some things we are still about to see in Week 13. There is one more game to discuss, because when I was going back and forth with my heart in my throat about the Jets maybe actually winning a game, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars were also maybe about to win a game, although ultimately it did not happen, and in overtime, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 24. Dalvin Cook 32 carries, 120 yards. Adam Thielen gets in the end zone. Justin Jefferson gets in the end zone, and that is enough to beat the Jaguars, who still, you know, only have one win, are still in shouting distance of the New York Jets. But let's talk more about the Vikings, right? Because with the Arizona Cardinals falling down, the Vikings are now right there in the playoff picture as. It comes into focus. This was one of the teams that a lot of people on this network were talking about. You got to keep an eye on, and they avoid the ridiculous landmine that is Jacksonville at home with a double digit spread. It took overtime, but the Vikings got it done. There's two sides to this story. First of all, from the betting perspective, the Vikings entered this season under Mike Zimmer 19 4 and 1 against the number as a home favorite against a non division team. The first game where they had that spot was against the Atlanta Falcons. They lost that game by 17 points. It was after that Seattle game that they should have won on Sunday night football. They have now had this exact spot three games in a row. They have now not covered in all three of those spots. It is time to abandon that trend. It is no longer true. It is no longer an ATM machine. That trend will not appear the rest of the season. So it is what it is. Do you think the fans is. have something to do with that? I also just don't think they're as good because it was my, it's a it's a Mike Zimmer trend and Mike Zimmer's defense is what he's been known for and their defense just isn't as good as it has been in years past. The fans certainly could play a role, but I think it might just have more to do with his defense not being as good. That's the the betting side of that coin, and it's something for people to remember when we start things back up next year. Do not blindly back that trend that is going to show this massive ROI when it's now lost four straight games. As far as the actual result, though, as ugly as it was, the Minnesota Vikings are right now in a playoff spot. Not just tied, they currently mm -hmm. hold a tiebreaker over the Arizona Cardinals based on win percentage versus common opponents. That has the Minnesota Vikings right now at 6-6. Six and six. I am unimpressed with this defense. I think it is wildly poor. But they've been able to eke out these past two results here. Kirk Cousins playing better football. He also had an awful pick six. I mean, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, as far as one-two punches at the wide receiver position go, is up there with any group 
in the league. I'm not buying what the Vikings are selling, but they are right now in a playoff spot, so they're certainly a part of the conversation. They are in a playoff spot right now, but as you mentioned, you know, tiebreakers are in play. The Cardinals fell back down. So I wonder what the tiebreakers would be if the San Francisco 49ers join them at 6-6, six and six, like they have the ability to do so tonight in one of the two Monday night football games. Buffalo travels not to San Francisco, but to Arizona instead, and the Niners are laying 1.46 and a half is the total in this one i gotta tell you something the niners last week got raheem mostert back they got debo samuel back as well he put up a career high game i think it was like 11 catches for 133 or something like that i also feel bad like josh allen was supposed to have like a little homecoming action that does not now happen because they're going to arizona this is an important game i mean the bills are in the mix there in the you know whatever tier it is with eight wins in the afc right You got the Titans and the Colts and the Browns and those teams fighting for kind of, you know, call it second tier in the AFC. And now the Niners have a playoff spot path wide open because of what the Cardinals are doing. Minnesota is there. If the Niners get to six and six with this win, you know, I don't know what it would mean with all those tiebreakers at play in a three-way matchup for that final playoff spot. But the Niners can, you know, stay alive for sure. They're favored to do so by a point. They are technically at home. What do you think of the biggest things you'll be looking for in this game? So the big thing for people to know going into this is, is instead of a homecoming for Josh Allen, it is a return to the scene of the crime when they yeah, lost the on that Hail Mary to DeAndre yeah. Hopkins and Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. This game being played in Arizona makes it incredibly difficult for me to tell how they are valuing home field advantage on this point spread. Very, very difficult. And I don't know at this rate, some of these games you feel like they're valuing it a ton, others you feel like they're not. Nevertheless, I think the Buffalo Bills are the better team. I know a lot of people are excited about what the Niners did last week against the Rams. It was a great result for them. Absolutely keeps them in the mix, but they were off of the bye week, and I think that Kyle Shanahan with a little bit more time to prep, and certainly Robert Sala, who got a ton of credit and praise from Richard Sherman, went out there and executed an A-plus game plan. I will say this, though. The perception around the Niners is that they're getting healthier. That's how I felt. That's how a lot of people felt. I wanted to check that last night with the pro football doc, Dr. David Chow. And he goes, mm-hmm. I'm glad you asked. Buffalo is the healthier team here. I understand. He goes, I know the Niners are getting some guys back, but don't forget, they're still using a backup quarterback. They're still missing their best offensive player in George Kittle, and still six of their eight defensive linemen are not going to be available for them going into this game. I think the Buffalo Bills are the better team. Home field advantage, really meaningless in this game, more than any game that's been played all season long. And I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. You take them plus one, minus 106 money line. It is what it is. I like the Bills to win this football game. All right, fair enough. Now, in a lot of games for a lot of teams we have also added on the layer of context of like covid and the upheaval of a natural routine of a team right uh the niners have upheaval of their natural routine they are not in their beds they're not in their familiar locker room they are not playing at home they are in glendale arizona do you attribute uh you know you like the bills in this game does this is this going to matter at all for the niners is there going to be elements of their coming out flat at all will it matter that there are nomads for the better part of this month 
it's tough. You know, we think about what happened with the Toronto Blue Jays and obviously them playing those games in Buffalo. And I don't know if we ever got a sense of how comfortable that team was or wasn't. I just think for me, this game, you completely – I know for a lot of people they don't factor home field advantage in at all this year. I right. still do. But this game, I'm throwing it out. So I don't see a world where the Niners are the better team on a neutral field. And even if you were putting home field advantage on here a little bit, on a neutral field, would would you make Buffalo a, a three-point favorite? I mean, I mean, I feel like Nick Mullins is getting a ton of respect in this game. Buffalo's defense looked a little bit better last week uh, against the Chargers holding them to 17 points. I know they could have scored there at the one after a couple of Hail Marys, but Buffalo also was coming off of a bye last week and put together a solid result there. So, yeah, it's tough to say how much is this going to bang up the Niners. I think I'm not going to say it's a disadvantage, right, because Buffalo is still going out to the West Coast for this game, but it's certainly not an advantage. All right, fair enough. Listen, the narrative around the winner and the loser of this game vis-a-vis the playoff picture will be an interesting uh, fodder for conversation, right? Because, listen, the Dolphins won yesterday, right? So if the Bills lose, that division becomes very, very tight. If the Niners win, the back of the NFC playoff picture becomes very, very tight. We will be looking at those playoff pictures tomorrow for sure. And there's implications of the other Monday night football game as well as Washington and the football team take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a game that has had upheaval because of the previous week's Steelers game upheaval. You know what I find interesting in this one, Kev? These are the top two teams in the NFL in terms of sacking the quarterback kevin both of them top two in terms of sack the steelers lead with 41 the football team i believe is tied for second with 36 but here's the other piece of it right kev bud dupree is not there anymore okay i heard mike blewett yesterday on pro football today reel off some things about the pittsburgh defense i know you are um not fully impressed with the pittsburgh steelers defense at 17.1 points a game they lead the NFL with 30 with 41 sacks. They lead the NFL. Um, they also lead the NFL. I believe it is in rush defense in terms of yards per game. No team ever, Kev, has led in all three of those categories. Points allowed, sacks, and run defense. They lead the NFL in all three. That sounds like a really good defense to me. They don't have Bud Dupree. How do you think this game is going to match up? The Steelers are six and a half point favorites. 43 and a half is the total. Yeah, I, I hope it's not dressed up to people that I think the Steelers have a bad defense or an average defense. They, of course, for this year as well, they have a very, very good defense. I just question if they are this all-universe impenetrable force that others seem to think they are. But with all that being said, I really like the Steelers here at 6.5, to the point where I'm a little bit concerned that this feels a little bit too easy, that we are getting this thing through a key number. Now, Chris Boswell's not going to play in this game. He was downgraded a doubtful yesterday, and I don't know what that means. Many years ago— Good thing it wasn't the long snapper. 
Yeah, right. Otherwise, this would be Washington minus seven and a half, I would think. Now, as far as Boswell being out, many years ago, the Steelers were the first team that started going for two at just random points in football games. If we remember, this was before they moved the extra point yep. back. They, they were kind of like, you know, it was like Tomlin and Big Ben was before. Ahead Doug of the curve on the percentages and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. But now they don't do that anymore. So I think it's very likely that the Steelers will be going for two. So keeping that in mind, if you could buy it down to six, which isn't a key number, it's probably a little bit cheaper than when we go from seven to six and a half or seven, seven and a half. I think that buying that uh, extra point might matter because of the kicker situation here for Pittsburgh, but I'm not sure it's really going to be the difference in this game. I I think that the Steelers actually are at a rest advantage here. I know that's going to sound convoluted to people. Washington has not played since Thanksgiving. I mean, that is an eternity off. And we saw how rusty the Steelers looked in the beginning of that game against Baltimore. So, I mean, I know Washington's been practicing, but, I mean, they've been waiting around forever to play this football game, it feels like. So, to me, I right now look at the Steelers as the better team with the better offense, the better defense, at home. I can't really come up with a reason to like Washington unless you think the rest advantage is going to be massively in their favor. I don't view it that way. I think that's going to be rust over rest. Fair enough. And listen, in this matchup, there are a lot of fantasy playoff positions being decided. You know, earlier I mentioned that the Indianapolis Colts may be a low-grade fantasy herd. We know the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Just in that last game, you know, Ebron gets 7 for 54, but it's Juju with the touchdown. Dio leads them in catches, and Claypool leads them in yards. You know what I mean? So who knows on any given week? One thing that has been dependable, we talked about it earlier in the show off-air, is Antonio Gibson with his 11 rushing touchdowns so far. The narrative is interesting for both of these teams. The Steelers need a win to stay atop the AFC. The Washington football team needs a win to keep pace with the Giants at the top of the NFC East. Are there any prop bets in this one that you like? What's interesting to me right now, the FanDuel Sportsbook does not have the Benny Snell Jr. numbers up. I guess they are waiting for final confirmation. But James Conner very likely to be out. I think Benny Snell has a nice game, plus 110 to get into the end zone. I think he will. I like that as well. Uh, We will see. Coming back. We got one other thing to celebrate when we come back here for week 13. And we'll do that on the other side. It's the early line. Get the edge. Get on the grid. You know it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge. Dane and Kevin, looking back at week 13. Week 13 is not over. It won't even be over after tonight. We cover it all, right? And another dude that covers it all is Mr. Scotty Hansen, and we have to talk about that. I mean, what I fundamentally believe is like the best invention in television history. We had the 200th episode of Red Zone yesterday, and, you know, there were a lot of things on social media about it. They played a lot of clips, 
Kev from the you know very first week of Red Zone where they were trying to redefine how we watch football. They certainly have. And it was funny that first week they were doing things like, you know, Brett Favre's debut with the Minnesota Vikings. They were showing like Maurice Jones Drew as a huge running back coming back from injury. It was interesting to be in the time machine. But this one nugget from the history of Red Zone, I find very interesting. I want to ask you about in 11 years. In 200 episodes, Scott Hansen and his seven hours of commercial-free football, he has only taken one bathroom break in all wow. of those episodes. Only once has he taken a bathroom break in the 200 episodes. It was in 2017. With, you know, there's another podcast that saw it and nailed it when it happened. I got to ask you, Kev, because you do in-game live all the time, <laughs> marathons and stuff. I have done marathon five, six-hour draft night coverage things. You know when I do fantasy freestyle, I'm by my damn self, right? So mm -hmm. um, for people that know, you and I being two among them. When I said that Scotty Hansen only had one bathroom break in 11 years, you said, yeah. wow. Talk to me yeah. about that, Kev, from well, the perspective wild. of someone who knows. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, luckily, like, we have our, you know, commercial breaks here. So you can kind of, like, sneak out. But, there, I mean, there have been times you, you'll get in the crunch and the commercial break. I mean, the commercial, oh, we're in the studio. I think the commercial breaks were like 30 seconds. Well, like, it was like upstairs. We had to run and stuff. Right? Yeah, you had to run around. You'd come back. You'd be out of breath when it, you, me, I'd be out of uh, Hey, what's up? We're right back here on the grid. How's everyone doing? Uh, it's a mess. But good for Scott Hansen. I can't do it either. Big shout out to Scott yeah. Hansen. Big shout out to Red Zone. It definitely has transformed the way we watch. Hopefully, you getting on the grid transforms the way you watch as well, getting all the information you need. Kevin and I will be back at it tomorrow. The morning after is up next. Stay on the grid. You know what it is.